And it is time for Cinema Talk. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today as we have had lately a very special guest host in studio, and that is Michelle Thaler. Michelle, how are you? Well, let me you, turn let me turn oh, up your mic. Oh. Let me let me say it again. <laughs> Michelle, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. I, I really this month. I really appreciate you sitting in with uh, yeah. for Bruce and uh, yeah. you know, I just let everyone know I talked to Bruce and he's healing up and uh, hopefully he'll be back with us down the road, but I want him to take his time, make sure he's he's fully healed and ready to uh, come back and join us on the air. But it's great to have you uh, in. It, you, yeah. You've been wonderful. I, I really appreciate it. I'm so, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we love we both love talking about movies. Yes. So yeah, it's it's, it's great. So, yeah. but we always start out our segment every month uh, where we uh, we celebrate um, the lives of those that have have left us we in remem- in remembrance as they would say so i'll let uh, michelle lead off today ruthie thompson animation pioneer and disney legend passed away october 10th at, at the age of 111 so she lived a very long fulfilling crazy life. that's amazing yeah thompson was hired by walt disney at the age of 18 as an anchor she would work for disney for nearly 40 years and retired as the supervisor of the screen planning department she worked on several disney, disney animated features including snow white the seven dwarves pinocchio fantasia dumbo sleeping beauty mary poppins Aristoc- aristocats Uh, Robin Hood and the Rescuers, all classics. Uh, In 2000, Thompson was honored by the Disney Legends program uh, being named a Disney legend. And she sure, she certainly was a legend and an inspiration, especially for women in the entertainment industry, because like there just weren't a lot of options for just women in general when she got this job at Disney. So yeah, what an incredible woman. Yeah, she actually, you know, if you read the the bio on her, she lived, you know, in the, basically the same neighborhood as Disney, and that's how she got the oh. job. You know, proximity was wow. everything right there. Yeah. And uh, what well, I mean, what you look at the think of those movies. I mean, what an yeah. amazing yes. career. Her fingerprints is basically all over early Disney animation. It's, yes. It's uh, it's fantastic. For sure. And and to live until the age of 111, it's <laughs> yeah. it's uh, amazing. Uh, and I, I my understanding is she basically had her faculties, you know, and all the way till the end so and, that's and great. that's yeah, yeah. wonderful yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, so all right so former uh, major league baseball player ray Fossey passed away october 13th at the age of 74 he played in the major in major league baseball from 1967 to 1979 uh, starting his career with the cleveland indians and then playing with for the o- oakland athletics seattle mariners and milwaukee brewers he won two world series titles with the athletics and was named an all-star twice he went on to be a color combinator for the athletics from 1986 to 2021. So he just, I mean, he worked until his, he passed. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'll say that I remember Fossey most from uh, the All-Star game where Pete Rose uh, hit him at home plate mm-hmm. and I think broke one of his legs when he <laughs> oh, wow. uh, yeah, won the game. In fact, when the All-Star game was like really, really, really competitive and, uh-huh. and he actually I broke one of Fossey's legs when he hit him like that. Um, you just ran, it was like collision home plate. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, what a, had a great career. Mm-hmm. All right. Then, uh, general Colin Powell passed away October 18th at the age of 84. Powell was the first African American secretary of state in the United States and served as the youngest, uh, and first African American chairman of the joint chiefs of staff under president George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, unfortunately Powell who, who, would later recognize the significance of his actions, um, you know, is the one that, that gave the presentation on uh, going to war and, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. weapons of mass destruction and everything. And, and uh, you know, he would later, you know, show 
that he was not necessarily happy with what happened. Right. And, and he was very, you know, forward and honest about it. So uh, rest in peace, uh, Colonel Powell, or General Powell, sorry. Um, actress Betty Lynn passed away October 18th at the age of 94. Uh, Lynn had 57 acting credits, most notably Thelma Lou, the love interest of Barney Fife on the TV show, the Andy Griffith show. And she was, she was on 26 episodes and I, I watched the Andy Griffith show religiously yeah. growing up. Um, I remember her, um, distinctly. I mean, it was a wonderful character. She had great mm-hmm. chemistry with, with, yes. uh, with, um, yeah. Don Knotts. So, mm-hmm. She also appeared in the TV show My Three Sons for seven episodes, The Magical World of Disney, 11 episodes, uh, Matinee Theater, 11 episodes, and Where's Raymond for eight episodes. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace, Betty Lynn. What, mm-hmm. what a great career in 94 again. You know, yeah, long yeah. life and long fulfilling life. career. So for sure, Absolutely. Yeah. Oscar and Grammy writing, uh, winning writer, composer, and lyricist Leslie Bercuse passed away October 19th at the age of 90. Bercuse was nominated for nine Oscars, winning the best, winning for best music, original score for Talk to the Animals from Dr. Doolittle, 1968, and best music, original score, uh, song score, and its, and its adaptation or best song for Victor Victoria, 1983. He won a Grammy for What Kind of Fool Am I, 1963. He also co-wrote the songs for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, 1971, and Goldfinger, 1964. So, and as you stated before the show, I was not aware of this no. individual. What a wonderful career. Yeah, so, yeah. the best songs like in film history. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Sure. Go ahead. Um, so, very sad yep. news. That's, it's been in the news a lot. Uh, yep. Cinematographer Helena Hutchins passed away October 21st at the age of 42 after accidentally being shot on the set of the independent film Rust. She had 32 credits, most notably The Mad Hatter from 2021 and Arch Enemy from 2020. I was just talking about this case on the Dave in the Morning show last Friday. Uh, It is just a mess in terms of the the details and there's a lot of blame deflecting where the armorers attorneys like, well, maybe one of those disgruntled camera operators sabotaged the set. It's, It's just all over the place and, you know, news is still coming out about this event and I'm interested uh, you know in the the long-term ramifications of this event on the film industry because some like The Rock have said we're not going to use weapons on set anymore there's even been petitions to outlaw the use of real weapons on set altogether so we'll just have to see you know long-term effects on the movie industry yeah Yeah. it's an awful situation yeah Um, Yeah. and um, you know I mean it just it, it brings me back to the Crow, Brandon yes. Lee. That's you know, immediately what I thought of. Uh, that's I, exactly. Yeah. First thing I, sh- you know, because Brandon Lee was guilty of a prop gun um, that had a, a blank, but the blank, mm-hmm. a, a blank can still be live. A blank can still cause damage, and mm-hmm. and and that's exactly what happened. That's what killed him, and uh, an awful, awful. Mo- I think there was a blank jammed in the gun or something yeah. like that when it was fired. So yeah, yeah, this is. Um, there's a lot of attention to this, and yes. I feel bad for everyone involved. I do too. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Absolutely, my yeah. heart goes out to her family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, any victim of these sorts yeah. of um, acts on set, for sure. Well, who was uh, Vic Moreau died? Oh, what, my gosh. what was it? An airplane, uh, a helicopter, helicopter crash on the Twilight Zone, the movie, yep. Yep. and killed the two kids he was with. Too. Yeah. That was yeah. really, really horrific. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Go ahead. Um, so Emmy-winning actor Peter uh, Scolari, I want to make sure I said that right, passed away October 22nd at the age of 66. He was nominated for four Emmys, 
three for Newhart and one for Girls in 2016. He had 107 acting credits, most notably for Bosom Buddies. That's where most people probably recognize him from. Newhart, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show, Girls, and Evil. Now, Bosom Buddies was a little bit before my time. I kind of remember it. (laughs) But yeah, of course, it's a pretty pretty memorable show. But I did watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show, uh, because I was obsessed with the movie. And I thought that like that was on like when I was in middle school in the late 90s. And I thought he really, even though he was no Rick Moranis, he did bring that quirk, like his own sp- like quirky and kind right, of likable spin right. to the character. So really liked his performance. In that yeah. Show. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Bosom Buddies is most famous for, you know, Oscar winning actor yeah. Tom Hanks. Yes, right. Course, but, yeah. <laughs> but Peter Scolari had an amazing career. Yeah. Uh, you know, 107 episodes of Newhart. I mean, all these different shows were mm-hmm. all hits. Yes. They and were. and yeah. he was an integral part of that. So, um, yeah, it, it, he was very young 66 and yeah, it's sad to young. see i but i know uh, i know when he passed away um, i found i follow michael mckean on um michael mckean from a big fan of his laverne and shirley right yeah. and, yeah, and uh, this is spinal tap, spinal tap better right. call saul he's been in so many good things right. yeah, yeah wonder, wonderful actor <laughs> yeah. with better call saul yeah. uh, most recently he most well recently, he yeah. he knew that mm-hmm. be, that peter was sick he knew yeah. peter had cancer mm-hmm. and he spoke about it and it was it was pretty heart-wrenching it really was yeah um, um Oh, is it me? I think it's me. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> My bad, folks. I'm sorry. I, I get emotional. This thing, I don't know. I can't explain it. Anyway, Jay Black, the lead singer of Jay and the Americans, passed away October 23rd at the age of 82. The band was known for the hits uh, uh, Coming a Little Closer, Only in America, Karamaya. Uh, the band formed in their early 1960s and disbanded in 1973. Mm. Yeah, Black performed as a solo act for several years, retiring in 2017. So people probably most remember them, at least younger people, mm-hmm. uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where the, uh, Come a Little Bit Closer is in the yes. soundtrack. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So, gotcha. James Gunn uh, mm-hmm. has done a wonderful job of putting together you know, songs from the past I, to build yes. soundtracks for the future. I love those soundtracks. Yeah, he, he, I listen to them all the time. He, he's d- yeah. done a fantastic job. So uh, sure. rest in peace, uh, Mr. Black. Sure. Um, uh, so here's another uh, actor who died young. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, um, James Michael Tyler, best known for Gunther on Friends. <laughs> Uh, he passed away October 24th at the age of 59. He had 17 acting credits and appeared on Scrubs, Just Shoot Me, and uh, Modern Music. Now, I wasn't like the biggest fan of Friends, but I did. I watched it when I was a kid. I right. liked it well enough. And yes, I, I, I really like this character. Yeah. Like he Very really, quirky. Yeah, he yeah. really resonated with me. Of course, he worked at Central Perk where all the main characters hung out. So yeah, it was really sad to hear that. Great actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, well, I'll always be remembered as that character. So yeah. it's kind of cool. For sure. All right, Mort Saul, known for his biting political commentary and considered by many the father of modern stand-up comedy, passed away October 26th at the age of 94. Saul had 20 acting credits, most notably Johnny Cool, 1963, Don't Make Waves, 1967, and Nothing Lasts Forever, 1984. Yeah, I mean, he really, he's like George Carlin before George Carlin. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, Carlin, because Carlin became big with his stand-up. Yes, uh, You know, back in the late 60s, and and Saul was before that. So, and and he really, many, many, many people consider him the father of of modern stand-up political, you know, by, I mean, he was very, he had a lot to say about all of a lot of things. So. Yeah, definitely want to check out some of his work. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, so this one, uh, very recent, really made me sad. Uh, one of the greatest of all time, Dean Stockwell passed away 
November 7th at the age of 85. He had uh, 204 acting credits, most notably as Admiral Al Calavici. Sorry, I struggle with that. I just know him as Al from Quantum Leap. So <laughs> I love Quantum Leap. Yep. Uh, and uh, Tony the Tiger uh, Russo in Married to the Mob. Uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for Married to the Mob and won a Golden Globe in 1990 for his work on Quantum Leap. Yes. Uh, he also won a uh, Golden Globe a special award best juvenile actor for gentlemen's agreement and two best actor awards at the at the con film festival make sure i say that right, right <laughs> compulsion right. 1959 long day's journey and tonight uh 1962 yeah i was a big fan love quantum leap as a kid and i also one of my favorite performances he's ever done is in the movie blue velvet mm-hmm. where he does a really creepy but captivating performance of candy colored clown like my my cousin and i are big david lynch fans and we would just like reference the candy colored yep. clown like yep. out of nowhere so yeah well, i was just a big fan blue, you know david lynch it, <laughs> he is a, a strange director i mean yes, like his is. version of dune and you know blue yes, velvet and what was it wild at heart right he did wild, wild at, at heart, heart. Yep. yeah i mean just strange movies but you know stockwell had such range he was a wonderful yes. actor and to think that you know he basically he won uh golden globes 43 years apart from each other yeah. i mean that's crazy i mean it's yeah. what a career and i didn't know like how prolific of a young actor he yeah, was oh, my yeah. dad knew because he would yeah. watch like bonanza and right? like, oh that was that's dean right. stockwell i was like oh i just know him from quantum leap and you know blue velvet so yeah, yeah. no he was in texas a, he was like in a that. bunch of a bunch of yeah. stuff in the 40s i yeah. mean he was huge and that mm-hmm. career i mean he his last really big role was in Battlestar Galactica. He had a right. major part in that, and that was in the 2000s. Yeah. So, I mean, this is 70 years later, so, yeah. you know, that he's mm-hmm. acting and acting really, really, really good. Yeah. I mean, he was a yeah. wonderful actor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this was just, you know, just yesterday. Um, man, it's it's sad, but uh, rest in peace, Mr. Stockwell. Yes. Yeah, wonderful actor. So, uh, you know, guys, it is time for our to do us to do our main conversation. So I'm going to cue it up. All right, so every month we pick a topic, and the topic of the month, uh, chosen by Michelle, yes. I, I wanted her to pick, uh, is Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. So uh, Michelle did a bunch of research, and she's going to tell us all about Miss Winslet. Yes, uh, one of my favorite actresses ever, so I'm very excited to talk about her today. So Kate was born on October 5th, 1975 in Reading, Berkshire, England, to Sally and Roger Winslet, who were uh, stage actors. And actually, she comes from an entire family of actors. Uh, Her maternal grandparents ran the Reading Repertory Theater Company. Her uncle Robert was an actor, and both of her sisters are actually actresses. So it's no surprise that she was bitten by the acting bug at a very young age. Uh, she started acting in her school's productions and then would eventually attend the Red, Woof, Red Roofs. Sorry, that was a tongue twister right. theater school. That's right. Now, unfortunately, Kate was often like bullied at school and passed over certain parts because of her weight. And um, but luckily, uh, she actually let those horrible experiences fuel her instead of, you know, crush her. So that's also why she's just such an inspiration for me. And, well, sucks to be those bullies because yep. <laughs> she's one of the most successful actresses ever. So right. <laughs> Absolutely. No question. <laughs> so uh, when, I, when she was 11 years old, she obtained her first professional acting job in a commercial for Sugar Pop Cereal. I tried to find it, but I guess she was, like, <laughs> dancing around with wow. this, like, monster or something. I don't know. Sweet. I, I, I got to try to see if I can find it. But uh, 
Yeah, literally. Right. <laughs> so Kate made her um, TV screen debut in the BBC science fiction series Dark Season. She also fe- appeared in various sitcoms, series, and TV movies throughout the early 1990s. Now, in 1994, when she was 17 years old, Kate starred in her first feature film, Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures. Now, I don't know you've seen this movie, but I have. Mm. I watched it in high school, and it totally messed me up. It is so disturbing. (laughs) She and Melanie Linsky, her co-star, they play these girls in 1950s New Zealand. It's based on a real case. And they are just so chilling. Like, I I think this movie's brilliant, but I don't care to watch it ever again. (laughs) So that was her first feature. Now, she has, um, Kate has 68 acting credits. And is celebrated for her portrayal of complex, strong-willed, and courageous women, which is why she's one of my favorite actresses. Right. So just to go over some of her most significant roles, um, of course, Marianne Dashwood, uh, she she portrayed in Sense and Sensibility a year after Heavenly Creatures. She played Ophelia. Ophelia. (laughs) I don't know why that was so hard to say. Ken Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. She, of course, played Rose in Titanic, which Everybody, I think where most of us were yep. probably, at least here in the in, in the West, or at least in the U.S., where most of us were right. probably introduced right. to her. Uh, she was critically renowned for Clementine in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which uh, she said is one of her all-time favorite roles. She played Sarah Pierce in Little Children, Hannah Schmitz in The Reader, April Wheeler in Revolutionary Road. Uh, she played Mildred Pierce in the um, miniseries, HBO miniseries that came out a decade ago. Really liked her in that. Uh, she played Dr. Aaron Mears in Contagion, a movie people have been talking about a lot within the last year for right, appropriate right. reasons. Uh, G- uh, she played Jeannie, Janine, I'm sorry, in Divergent. Joanna Hoffman in Steve Jobs. Alex Martin in The Mountain Between Us. Mary Anning in Oh my gosh, this word. Ammon, ammonite? Ammonite? I cannot say that ammonite. word. Ammonite. I, think it's am- yeah. ammonite, yeah. I really want to see that movie. I haven't gotten around to it. She voiced the horse Black Beauty in the 2020 film uh, that's on Disney Plus, and of course, um, played the wonderful Mare Sheehan in Maribyrnong Town most recently in in 2021. So now Kate has won the Academy Award for Best Actress just once for in 2009 for The Reader. She has been nominated though. Uh, for Best Supporting Actress three times and Best Actress four times. Now, when she turned 40, she became the third youngest actress to receive seven Academy Award nominations behind Betty Davis and Meryl Streep. So that's pretty cool. I think Meryl Streep is a tradition for her to be nominated at least every other year for the Academy Award. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Kate doesn't have enough uh, Oscars as far as I'm concerned. But anyway. Oh, no, I agree with you. (laughs) This year, awards in general. This uh, this year, Kate did win the Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie for Maribyrnong Town, and she previously won this in 2011 for Mildred Pierce, which is another HBO miniseries. Um, she has four Golden Globes, which are for Best Supporting Actress in The Reader, Best Actress in Revolutionary Road, Best Actress in a Miniseries for Mildred Pierce, again, and Best Supporting Actress in Steve Jobs. She's been nominated for the Globe seven times, and she is only one, one of four performers to win two acting Golden Globe Awards in the same year, 2008 for uh, The Reader and Revolutionary Road. The only other three people to achieve this are Sigourney Weaver, Joan Plowright, and Helen Mirren. So uh, now Kate's won the BAFTA three times for Best Supporting Actress in Sense and Sensibility, Best Leading Actress in The Reader, and Best Supporting Actress in Steve Jobs. She's been nominated uh, for the award four times. She's also a Grammy winner, which I just recently learned. Uh, She earned the award in 2000 for Best Spoken Word Album for Children, actually, uh, for Listen to the Storyteller. She received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on March 17th. 
2014. She's also recognized for her, her activism in charity work, in addition to her uh, brilliant performing. Uh, she founded the Gold Hat Foundation in 2010 with Mar Margaret Eric's daughter. <laughs> that seeks to celebrate the unique abilities of autistic people and reduce uh, the harmful, harmful, very harmful stigmas surrounding autism. I think that's really wonderful work because there's a lot of misunderstandings about autism and people with autism. And I think it's great that she's trying to celebrate them as individuals instead of trying to like cure them or something like that. You know, we still need to do a lot of work with that kind of awareness. Um, activism so uh, she's also revered for being a sort of body positivity advocate uh, she rejects Hollywood's like beauty standards she ex encourages women to accept their bodies as they are which is why you know she's grateful for in, in a way for what, how she was treated when she was younger because that made her love her body even more and accept herself and uh, she advocates for natural aging she's against plastic surgery she wants none of that kind of Hollywood uh, <laughs> ridiculousness when it comes to body image and she absolutely hates it when people digitally edit her images she actually gq apologized for making her look thinner in a 2003 issue so that's just some background on kate and yeah I, that's definitely what i was just talking about is why i love her so much i think that's such an inspiration for women but really for anybody just to be like hey this is who i am this is what i look like take it or leave it you know i'm not gonna change right. myself for you no <laughs> so, well no and yeah. i you know i think that you know, that can go a lot to like Meryl Streep, like yeah. Glenn Close, you yeah. know, you you know, I mean, how many times has Glenn Close been nominated for an Academy Award? She finally won, right? Didn't she finally win? Yes. I think I she did. I believe so. I, yeah. I mean, but she was nominated like 12, 13 times. So many times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Meryl Streep's been nominated like 17, 18. And yeah. These women do not care how they look yeah. on film. It's their acting ability yes. that that is on the screen yes. for you to watch and, that's and, how it and i'm not saying you know both meryl streep and glenn close and kate winslet are all very beautiful they women are very beautiful and in, that's in their yeah. own way but they're not they're not model beautiful right they're not you know you're not editing their body to make them look different you right really i mean they have their own unique beauty i guess which is, is what, what I, I love about them and it's yeah, like right. they embrace that they're like i'm not gonna like look like some stick skinny supermodel because that's what hollywood and the media tells me i have to look at right like, i that is not i'm gonna accept myself for who i am and i am an actress and yeah that's how i'm gonna be so i just love that about those women yeah <laughs> no i, I w without a doubt i mean yeah. it, you know and and really just the range so you know i had to you know, we picked this topic, and I yeah. had to do I because I hadn't seen you know a couple of these movies you you recommended, yeah. and I hadn't seen and and the one thing that I will say <laughs> is that some of these movies they're they're like incredibly hard to watch, and when you're done, you're like, okay, I'm glad I watched that movie. I am never going to watch that movie again because <laughs> yeah. it, what a wonderful performance by Kate Winslet, but oh my gosh, was that just 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 beating me down the entire yeah. film yeah. you know and we'll and we'll talk about one of those yes. movies later on yes. because good lord yeah <laughs> you know i know I mean? which one you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna right. get to it yeah <laughs> well and even the one that i have on my list you know yeah i mean that's hard subject to talk yes. about and yes. but we shouldn't be afraid to talk about no. those things however again you know you're not leaving the movie theater going yay you know you're leaving the theater going wow i have to think about that for a while yeah you know not, I mean? not like the movies you talked about last week which i still watch like a hundred times in a row you know the, like right. star movies you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. exactly it's, it's yeah. definitely not that no doubt for so sure. so let's we'll, we'll jump right in then yeah. so we're gonna go you know our top three uh movies from each of uh, from kate winslet yeah. so we'll start with you with your number three yeah so my uh 
third favorite Kate character is Marianne Dashwood from Sense and Sensibility. This was a 1995, uh, of course, Jane Austen novel adaptation directed by Ang Lee, also starring Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, and Alan Rickman. I'm actually currently rereading this book. I read it years ago, but I don't remember it. And um, my friend April, hey, April, she said she might be listening. She lives in Michigan, (laughs) but she streams the show online sometimes, so I just had to make sure to give that shout out Hope you're listening, April. (laughs) So um, it's not like the most faithful Jane Austen adaptation, but I re- it's one of my favorites because I love how and now Emma Thompson wrote the screenplay for this film and she actually won the Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar for it. And I love how she focuses like more on the relationship between the Dashwood sisters instead of like the romantic ones because that's really why I love this movie is the relationship between Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet. And like I don't blame her for doing this because in the book like sometimes the dudes just like disappear for long periods, you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, in a way like Emma Thompson was like, you know, okay, well what am I going to do with this? I mean, I love Jane Austen, but you know, this is her first book, so she was, you know, she's still learning a bit. It's still right, a great book right, though. Right. But I absolutely love uh like I said Thompson and Winslet together. Now, of course, uh, Thompson's Eleanor Dashwood represents sense or calm reason, while uh, Marianne is sensibility, which is overly emotional and romantic. And I just love her portrayal of Marianne. I do love when Kate gets to be very emotional and just almost to the point of being hysterical because it is a lot of fun to watch her. (laughs) And she's just, you know, she doesn't, she portrays Marianne pretty spot on. You know, there's these scenes where she's just so inconsolable and lachrymose. And uh, one of my favorite scenes is when she's out in the rain and she's tearfully pining for her lost love Willoughby in the rain. And, you know, like, I just (laughs) really love that overly dramatic, those overly dramatic performances by Kate sometimes like they're just so much fun but um I, and like I said I really love Thompson and Winslet and their their chemistry and I guess as a big sister myself you know I really connected with their relationship yeah. especially right. in the scene where you think Marianne's gonna die from the flu and you know like that really got to me you know as a, as a big sister I'd say my sister's more sense and I'm a bit more sensibility so <laughs> yeah I just love this movie well you know so I watched this for the first time <laughs> since like the mid 90s and um what a wonderful cast. And yeah. and uh, I will tell you this. I love Emma Thompson. Yes. I love Emma Thompson. Everything she's in, I love she's it. She's a genius. She's <laughs> fantastic. Yes. A wonderful, wonderful actress. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, she was my favorite part of the movie was yeah. Emma Thompson. Yes. But Alan Rickman is in this film. Loved Al- Alan Rickman. What a, mm-hmm. you know, miss him terribly. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. God, what a terrific yeah, actor. Yeah, I was so um, sad. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, it was cancer, I think, that, uh, that yeah. he passed from. But, yeah, I mean, and, you know, she was very young here. So Kate Winslet is like, so now in her career, if, like, mm-hmm. she were to do this movie, she would almost play, like, the Emma Thompson yes, role. Yes, you know? yes. You know, where, she, I mean, because... You know, she's playing the young sister yes. in this one, yes. and now she's, you know, the gro- more grown-up. And Yeah, you know, right? and they had to age. Like, Emma Thompson wasn't originally supposed to take this part because she's like, you know, Eleanor Dashwood's a t- like a t- late teens, right, you know, right, so, so they right. aged her up so right. Emma could play her. Yeah, so that's interesting they brought that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Ang Lee. Um, yeah. You know, he's a wonderful director mm-hmm. and did a wonderful job with this. Um, you know, yeah, I, to me, I mean, what stopped me for mm-hmm. most in this movie was Emma Thompson because I just, she's a wonderful actress. Yeah. I thought that, that, um, that Kate did a great job playing off of her. I mean, yes. it's definitely two divergent characters, yes, you know, exactly. and, 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 and the they, sensibility, they, right, right, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, 
And, you know, I've never read Jane Austen. I'm a dude. You know, I'm a guy. <laughs> just not going to read Jane Austen books. I, I'm actually glad that you were willing to watch this. Because yeah. most guys I no, know no. would not watch this movie. <laughs> no, I'm, I, you know, I'm, well, look, I love Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. Yeah. So I'll watch, you know, I'll watch that movie. And, and I love Kate Winslet's work as well. She's a wonderful actress. So yeah. I'm good with it. It was, it was, it was good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. So, so my number three is actually, I, I kind of cheated here because we <laughs> normally do films, but I yeah. did, uh, which is most recent, Mayor, uh, uh, Mayor uh in Mayor of Easttown, um, which was a you know, 2021 a series. It was Netflix, I believe. Or HBO. HBO. Yeah. So HBO Max. <laughs> um, so, and this is directed by Craig Zobel. It also stars Gene Smart, Julian Nicholson, Angoria Rice, Guy yeah. Pierce, and Evan Peters. Uh, she won a primetime Emmy for this performance. Um, I mean, you can really in this movie, or not this movie, this series is. This is a character who has been through some very difficult life yes. situations, mm-hmm. and she is, you know, like at the end of her rope as a cop, and they're yeah. investigating this murder. And I mean, you, you know, she looks disheveled yes. throughout the movie, the the series. Yeah. I mean, she really looks. She doesn't, you know. I mean, she, she can fix herself up and look very, very, very pretty, but yes. she looked really. I mean, this is the character, yeah. right? That's, Someone yeah. who is who's you know, borderline alcoholic, and you know, she she's seen a lot and a lot of things yes. going on in her life. Yeah. And she was wonderful in this role, and it was very. It was. A very dark, right? It was yeah, incredibly and, dark. And I, this is one of my favorite miniseries yeah. of the year. And I related to, I connected with this character so much in terms of how she kind of had to come to terms with her grief and her right, past. Right. Um, I was so happy when she won this Emmy because I was like, I think this is honestly her best performance to date. Yeah. But I was so torn because I also loved Anya Taylor Joy in The Queen's Gambit, which is another character oh, I really yeah. connected with in terms yeah. of her mental health journey yep. and how she learns to find herself. So yeah, these two characters really resonated with me. Uh, when I watch these two miniseries this year. And uh, yeah, going back to like the whole uh, body image uh, issue, yeah, uh, Craig Zobel actually wanted to edit out a little bit of her bulgy belly, as she said. And she's like, you will not edit out my bulgy belly. Because <laughs> again, she's supposed to be well, this no, real raw that's character. That's who she is, you know? yes, right? She's like, this is who I am, you know? Yeah, right. And this is who Mare is. Right. So, right. you know, she, <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I well, think- Well, good for her yeah. to stand up for that. That's, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just love how she does that. And I think this is one of the best accents I've ever heard an actor perform yeah ever yeah. I'm not even over exaggerating and she said this one ac- this accent that she did and the one she did for speech Steve Jobs made her want to throw things around the room she says it was so hard to learn right but right <laughs> honestly one of the best I've ever heard. yeah it, it, you so know good. it's it's um yeah she's a wonderful wonderful actress yeah. um and it really shows here her range I mean because this is yes. this is like completely dark and there, uh, there's more dark coming up but yes. you know this i mean and there's just so much going on in this series mm-hmm. and she does a wonderful job with it and you know shows she can go from a movie to a, a, a series like that it's, yeah you know i mean she's an actress that's what she is it's, yeah. you know she's not you know she's not a movie star she is an actress, actress yeah, yeah absolutely sure. no question all right let's go to your number two then so my, this is the movie we were kind of <laughs> oh hinting gosh. at earlier. Holy um, cow. April Wheeler in Revolutionary Road from 2008, directed by Sam Mendes, uh, who was her husband at the time, also starring uh, her former Titanic love interest, Leonardo DiCaprio, another great actor. I love him. Um, and Kathy Bates. This was sort of a Titanic yeah, right. reunion in a way. Right. But also starring uh, Michael Shannon, who's fantastic, Catherine Hahn, David Harbour, 
Chief Hopper. Yeah, the, this cast is awesome. But anyway, um, it's based on the uh, 1961 novel by Richard Yates, which I haven't read yet. I have it, but I, I've heard it's pretty faithful to the novel. Now, yes, it's a very dark movie, oh <laughs> which we're going to talk about. But like why oh I love gosh. this character and this so much is because April is very disconnected. So this oh, so just to preface, this movie takes place in the 1950s. Right. So and her character is not a conventional woman. Right. And she's very disconnected from the sort of societal standards and expectations she experiences in like the sub and suburb the suburban life of the 1950s and you know i really relate to like how iconoclastic her viewpoints are and she she just craves this different life than what is the norm for especially for really the norm in general in her era but the norm for women she wants to move to paris she doesn't want to be a housewife right, right. and a mother anymore you right. know she's she she wants she craves something different and uh, just to speak about her performance in this like she there's a lot between her and Leo, like that's on. I call him Leo, like he's my friend, Marty Scorsese <laughs> and Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, um, Marty and Leo. Marty, Marty and Leo. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So she and Leo, like they have these scenes where they're really not always saying a whole lot, but they're conveying everything on their faces yeah, and through their yeah. gestures. And I just love that that dis- how she will wear that just despair that's just eating at her and yeah. that urge to escape that banal existence you know she's wearing wow. that on her face and she makes you feel every little bit of that inner tor- turmoil without even uttering a word most of the time and i just just so brilliant so brilliant um i also love how this movie actually this is my introduction to michael shannon yeah so uh i think this is the first movie i ever saw him in now what i like about him in this is he kind of represents the male that doesn't fit the traditional mold of masculinity in the 1950s. He's this kind of idiosyncratic intellectual who probably like in the beatnik years would have been cool, but this is the 1950s. And Leo is more like the, I'm going to do everything like my dad did. And I'm going to, you know, get this good job and be the the (laughs) husband who, who provides for his family. So I just, I'm really fascinated with the characters in this, but yes, I agree. It is not an easy one wow. to watch. <laughs> so if you yeah. would like to provide your thoughts. <laughs> no, look, the performance in this movie are wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, standing out, Michael Shannon, you know, yeah. brilliant in his limited role. Yes. Um, you know, Mendez is always, I mean, you know, look at the American beauty. I mean, his stuff is, can be hard to watch yes. and this is hard to watch. Yes. And it is, it is r- extremely dark. I mean, I recommend it because you want to see these actors in these mm-hmm. performances. But man, I mean, it, you, like when it's done, you like you want to go see. Okay, so Bloom County used to. You remember the cartoon Bloom County? Um, Bloom County with Opus the uh, Penguin. And, oh yeah, okay, kind of Milo. Well, they used yeah. to have this thing where like he'd be Opus would be watching TV and it'd be like war, death, da da da, and he'd yeah. like go outside and sit in the field. And with the dandelions, there's yeah. a dandelion break. You mm-hmm. had to take a dandelion break after watching this movie because it is so dark. Yes. I mean, it just, just you're like, I don't know how people can live like this. It's you know, yes. it's just so depressing, so sad. I mean, I would just pack up my stuff and go. You yes. know, I wouldn't live like this. You know, yeah. it's, it's extremely hard. And there were scenes that were hard for me. Oh. I had a year oh, ago a, a relationship crumble in yeah. very similar way. A nine-year yeah. relationship crumble in a oh, very I'm similar sorry. way to this one did. Yeah, sorry. And it hit so. I only bring it up because it hit so close to home. That's yeah. how raw and real this movie yeah. was. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, but I hope you're okay. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I'm I'm good. But yeah, yeah. it's. But I just bring that up to show just how much it mm-hmm. captures 
just right. that, that pain, that anguish that these characters are facing in their relationship and just in the lives that they're living. You know, they're just, you know, Kate is done in this movie. She's yeah. like, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't right. want to oh, be, yeah. and I don't blame her. <laughs> oh, no. You know? Well, and Mendez, you know, Mendez, a terrific director, yeah. and, and uh, he really he drew it out of his actors here. And yeah. I'll note that, uh, that, uh, two of my favorite little known actors who are now big known, David Harbour and Catherine Hahn, Catherine yes. Ka- Hahn, who was, yeah. um, uh, what's her name in, in, uh, WandaVision. Um, Oh, oh I forget her character's name, but what? she was, yeah. she was one. She's like been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And you just, she's like, you don't know her. And then all of a sudden she's like a big thing yeah. now and, and love her to death. And David Harbour, you know, stranger yeah, things, right? Stranger things. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's, my favorite characters. Yep. No, he's chief hopper. Right. Hopper. Yeah, yeah, I, hopper. I almost said Hooper. I was like, no Hoop, hoppers. Right. It's yeah. hopper. It's <laughs> hopper. Yeah. No. All right. Anyway, I'll go to my number two and that is, um, uh, Kate is Hannah Schmitz mm-hmm. in the movie The mm-hmm. Reader, 2008, directed by Stephen Daldry. I had never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I watched this movie because of this segment. Uh, oh, okay. Wonderful performances. Ralph Fiennes, Bruno Gantz, uh, Jeanette Hain, David Cross. Um, wow, this is a wow. This is a hard movie as well. It deals a lot with um, uh, concentration, with 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 world, the aftermath of World War mm-hmm. II. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and. Kate's character was a guard at a concentration yes, camp, yes, yes. and she has this affair with a young man, um, and then it skips through time where she now uh, is actually being charged with the crimes from this concentration camp, and he is in school studying um, law yeah, yeah, and yeah. and recognizes her in front of you know the 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 trial when she, from the trial. And it's about the relationship, about two phases, right? The phase of the, mm-hmm. the relationship they have when he was young and the relationship that they build later on in life. Mm-hmm. And it's called, the, she did not know how to read. And this is a yes. critical part in this movie yeah. that would have proved her innocence. And yeah. she was so ashamed of that, that she didn't know how to read, right. that she accepted the penalty for basically all these other, constant, all the other guards. Mm-hmm. She accepted that on herself. Yes. And, but then... The real, obviously the twist here is the he helps her to read. I don't, yeah. you know, he helps mm-hmm. her. He sends her books and things like that. And it, it mm-hmm. and, and here's another movie where she looks bad. She looks broken. You know, she yes. is a broken person Very in this broken. movie. But the the power that she gets from being able to read the yes. read words and that yeah. changes her completely. And uh, it is, it's a wonderful film that she was, she deserved the Academy Award for this. Yes. Role. She was very good. She did deserve it. I would have liked to seen her like maybe win it a little sooner. Right. Um, but I was so happy she won for this. And again, one, I think one of her strongest performances uh, to yeah. date. Uh, now, like for me, like people say like the, the greatest actors of all time, like Meryl Streep, and Daniel Day-Lewis, like, why they're so lauded is because of their ability to vanish into their role. Like, and I saw, like, Daniel Day-Lewis on, like, the Academy Awards. I didn't know who he was because I'm like, I don't know him as a person. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, you're, you're always, like, you're, like, this crazy method actor. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> yes, or <whatever>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, now, I thought she did such an expert job at, at you know, at banishing into this part because like there's sometimes where i didn't recognize right her. i was like right. wow so yeah. and i and i love the court scene yeah where uh they confront her about the report and uh she goes from you know just kind of being quietly apprehensive kind of freaking out to like just start you know being very passionate defensive and then sort of like freaking out when it's gonna you know be revealed that maybe she can't read like, again i love how she so adeptly runs the gamut of emotions right. in, in such yeah, a yeah. such a She's, short period of time yeah. you know she goes from here to here to here you know i mean that yeah. is just 
that that's a work of an expert, yeah. you know, you know, brilliant actor. Well, and sure. I, you know, I, I wonder, I mean, I, I don't know how you, because I'm not good at it, you know, right. and my daughter acts, mm-hmm. she's been, you know, in high school and, and, you know, she did stuff for the opera house, mm-hmm. but to put yourself in yes. that emotional place and go through those emotions. I don't know how that affects you because you got, I yes. mean, you got to be going deep and yes. dark to go through some of that stuff. And, and actors do go to places sometimes yeah. to get there that are not, I mean, I'm not an actor either, right, but I've right. read enough about, you know, yeah. the craft to know that sometimes, yeah, yeah they go to places that you probably don't want to go. But I mean, that's, that's just why she's such, you know, a master of her craft. I mean, right. look, look at these scenes where she can just go from right. like, you know, one to 11, you know, like from being just very subtle to just, you know, completely hysterical. And yeah, I mean, she's just amazing. Yeah. She's wonderful. Well, you know, I I always think back to, um, uh, an interview I saw with De Niro, Mm -hmm. um, talking about the movie Cape Fear. Yeah. And there's a scene where he brutalizes Ileana Douglas, brutalizes her. And I read, or maybe he talked about how he like held her Mm -hmm. he had to hold her when they were not shooting because he was so afraid that he was hurting her psychologically you know he was like because De Niro's a very gentle person he's just able to ramp this stuff up for these movies the violence I mean he's able to take that character somewhere Mm -hmm. where you know and it seems so real I mean he's just so good at that but Mm -hmm. he was so afraid that he was scarring her that he would right. hold her you know and talk to her and you know because he was <laughs> he was brutal i mean this brutal yeah. scene it just assaults her yeah. yeah but he, wonderful you know performances so anyway yes so let's go to our number one and we share the number one yes so you go ahead so that's um my An- another happy case. film <laughs> No, and there, and not a very happy film, and also shares some similarities with Revolutionary Road yes. that I want to talk a little bit about. Yep. So, um, so my favorite Kate character is Sarah Pierce from Little Children. From it, the movie came out in two thousand six, directed by Todd Field. Um, this film in in the bedroom, or actually, is only two fil- the only two films that he's made to date. And he's uh, he was almost gonna direct Revolutionary Road, but eventually dropped out of the project. Now, this film also stars Patrick Wilson. Jennifer Conley, Jackie Earl Haley, Noah Emmerich, and Phyllis Somerville, who uh, was also in Mary Easttown with Kate, right. and who sadly passed away last year. She oh, was such a great yeah. actress. Yes, um, I remember talking about her. Yeah, yeah. and um, so this is actually one of my, even though it's really dark, it <laughs> <laughs> is one of my favorite movies of the 2000s um, for reasons I'm going to you know, describe, like the performances and the themes and the characters. So... Um, now, like like April Wheeler, so like uh, from Revolutionary Road, Sarah Pierce is another woman that doesn't really fit in with the people around her. Right. You know, she yeah. doesn't fit. There's these like kind of snooty housewives and all they think about is packing snacks for their kids and talking about their routines, <laughs> right. at their houses. And you can just tell because Sarah's a very brilliant, bright woman. She's a former academic and en- actually an English academic like myself. And so you can tell she's just so bored. You know, she doesn't fit in and she doesn't really you know she and her husband aren't doing so great you know so when she meets brad the very handsome sorry i have saved patrick wilson yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a good looking dude yeah. i'll admit it i'm a dude and i'm like that's yeah. a good looking dude <laughs> so she meets him and he's also somebody who doesn't really fit the the mold like right. he's um he's kind of you know he's he's his 
wife is Jennifer Conley. They have a son together. And, you know, even though Jennifer Conley is the breadwinner, so, you know, she still kind of expects him to go and get his law degree and, yeah, you, know, be, right. you know, become a breadwinner himself. And he's like, nah, I think I'd just rather hang out with my kid and watch these, like, you know, punk skateboard down the street, you know, kind of thing. Like, so I was just really, I really love these two characters and how they just you know, they, they really just kind of wanted to go their own way and, and did not really fit in with the societal expectations around them. And they find solace in each other and romance, you know, they they fall for each other and begin an affair. And one of my favorite scenes in the, uh, film is the book club scene where Sarah uh, is talking about Madame Bovary and she's talking it was a book she didn't really like when she was younger in school but like she starts to like really connect with it because she starts to talk about how she views this book as like you know Madame Bovary wanted something different she wanted you know she's in it she want she wanted a life different than what you know she had and what was around her she talks about this hunger for an alternative and how you know Madame Bovary refuses to accept a life of unhappiness and that is what Brad and Sarah are doing in this movie now it doesn't work out for them <laughs> exactly but I absolutely love how I guess maybe as, as sort of a misfit myself I've, I I respect and I've kind of hinted at this before in other shows like I respect characters that kind of like want to live their own lives and they don't want to do what you know what is expected to them by them you know by society and all of that so like I, I just really love these characters and I also have to talk about Jackie Earl Haley in this talk like he like Kate are just so excellent and conveying ranges of emotions in a short period of time like he should have won he lost the Oscar to Alan Arkin in Little Miss Sunshine, which I can't hate because right. I love Alan Arkin in that I love movie. Alan Arkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm I like, I don't Alan hate Arkin. that. Yeah. But um, he, and there's a scene where his mother has just passed and he reads the letter from her and he, again, kind of like Kate's done, you know, he starts off, you know, kind of slowly getting really sad and then he just goes into a full-blown, like, Hummel smash. He's smashing his mother's hummels. He's like in this full blown rage, and you feel every little bit of anguish yeah, tearing yeah. at him inside. Just like you know, Kate does, does so brilliantly as well. So I mean, just such amazing actors. Yeah, not the happiest movie, but I love the characters and love the performances. <laughs> so yeah, it's not. Uh, it is not a happy film, no, no. but um, the performances in this movie are fantastic mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah. Um, I will say when I was younger, I, I crushed on Jennifer Connelly. Okay. Back when, Ooh, yeah, who didn't? Well, oh my God. <laughs> Labyrinth, Labyrinth and once upon a time in America. And when she was yeah. younger, Oh, she's just a strikingly beautiful woman. And, and still and, is. Yeah. And still is. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. How are you? Ages. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. But you know, a, a wonderful actress yeah. too. I will I'll, yes. let me step back. She's yes. a wonderful actress and she deserves any accolade that she gets. Jackie Earl Haley, um, I remember him from the Bad News Bears as a as a kid growing mm-hmm. up and he kinda like disappeared in Hollywood and yeah. then this role happened and it like you know, it reinvented his career. Yes. And this is a hard part to play yes. that he had in this movie, man. This is hard. And and he was wonderful in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Todd Field, if he directed in the bedroom, holy yes. cow. Don't let him direct another movie. It could be, it'd be like the trifecta of him that make you feel awful like, about what's everything. What's he gonna do next? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, Revolutionary Road would have fit right in with it the stuff he does. Yeah, it would have. Man, he. I mean, oh, that's another movie that you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's just lower the boom and make everyone feel about it bad yeah. about everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's but good stuff. So, well, Kate Winslet, what a wonderful actress, and I'm glad we got to talk about her. Um, So for next month, we have decided 
that we're going to talk about Christmas movies. Now, Bruce and I have done this before, mm-hmm. but this time um, Michelle is going to actually get a, a deep dive into the history of Christmas mm-hmm. movies. And obviously at the end, we'll spend time talking about you know, our, our favorite Christmas movies. But I'm looking forward to, you know, the research that Michelle can give. And I know you've, yeah. you've done this type of project before. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested, uh, you know, in, in graduate school. I, I really, I loved, uh, like, digging deep into the history of cinema. So looking right. at, like, really early films, late, ni- late you know, 1800s, I mean, yeah. early 1900s. Right. And seeing, you know, the especially the evolution of certain genres. And, and yeah, so, so I'm interested to see, like, you know, what were the earliest Christmas films and how have they evolved throughout the decades? I think it's going to be really fun to look at. Awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for yeah. joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, it'll be the second Wednesday in December, whatever date that is, that mm-hmm. will be. So I think the is the first, it might be the 8th, December 8th, because I think, I think my birthday is the Friday the 3rd. <laughs> I know my birthday is the 3rd. I just don't know if it's a Friday. So hold on. I can, I can check. I can look that up. It would be December 8th. Wednesday, December 8th will be our next show. So. Oh. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. We'll talk to you you. soon. All right, guys. So uh, real quickly, I'm going to play a uh, weekly Hornets update and a couple songs, and I'll be back at 2 o'clock with some Bears talk with my good friend Steve.